0: Hello everyone. Welcome to another episode of Some Days Today. My name is Bola Aldina. I am your host and with me is a permanent guest host at this point, Mac Aldina. Um, welcome, Mac.
1: Good to be here.
0: All right. And our interviewee or guest today is Amanago Ufamuta. Am I saying your last name right? Same.
2: Yeah, it's fine.
0: Okay. It's fine, yeah. uh, what, how, do you, how do you prefer? What's the right way to say it?
2: ufo all,
0: all right well um Amanigo is um a friend from back in the days and she is really just living her best life right now um there's so much to Amonigo. she is an amazingly smart well-traveled well-read um stylish friend of mine and you know just been tracking her journey for a while has been very successful in the professional space and more recently decided to really sort of um Turn that in and, um, you know, exchange that for something that seems to be, I guess, more aligned to where you are right now um, in this space. So I'm really curious to kind of dive into all of that, learn more about your journey, how you got here and all the things that you're working on. So
1: well, I just want to also add um, Amanago is probably one of my top three Instagrammers. Um, She it's a. Will Smith, Amanago, and damn, what's the name of that crazy dude? Um, oh, um,
0: Techno. Techno. <laughs>
1: <laughs> 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 Favorite oh, yes. Instagrammers.
0: Yes. <laughs> so we'll jump into that. Um, but welcome, Amanago. Thanks for joining us.
2: Thank you, guys. That is like a really amazing honor because Will Smith is one of my top ones. And I really feel like one of those people that sort of flirts with Instagram Like I really love it, but I'm kind of at that age where we came in around like wanting to be private people, but still loving a little bit of the exposure. But I'm really enjoying it. So thank you for that. It looks like. Thank you guys for having me. Yeah. Uh, Just for the record, everyone can call me Moni, which I guess is now my official Instagram name. Oh, nice. Which was funny was given to me by one of my Nigerian friends. She nicknamed me that, and now it's stuck. And so everyone can call me Moni if that's easier for people.
1: Moni. I love it, Moni in the middle. All right, I love Moni. Let's <laughs> do it.
0: Um, so yeah, so let's let's dive in. Um, tell us a, a little bit about yourself, Moni, or as much as you want. And um, you know, that's either your past, your present, and whatever else happened in between before we really get started.
2: I guess I'll just talk about where I was born and how I was raised because I think that that's a really major part of my identity and also part of why I love to travel a lot. So I was born in England, I was born in the UK, to Nigerian parents who later moved back to Nigeria and that's where I grew up for most of my life. So all of my teens and um, also late middle school, And then I left and came to America, and we've been in America now for 20-something years. Um, And so I feel like I've had these three major life stages, like born in the UK, grew up in Nigeria, and became an adult in America. And so people always say, like, why do you travel so much? Or why do you like to travel? I'm like, I guess my parents just, you know, did it a lot when from the day I was born. And it's just kind of really my nature, it's in me it's part of what I enjoy. Um, And I think just kind of also having the ability to have three passports because of that and the ability to um, just sort of claim different identities. It makes me just really love chasing after culture, chasing after new places, finding out what that, how that connects all of us, what that means for my identity, uh, what that means for humanity. And um, that's, Started a very long time ago, and it's a core of why I travel and why I do a lot of um, just kind of going all over the place. Yeah. How
0: long were you in England? I, I guess I'm just curious. I didn't know that part of your history. How long were you in England before you moved to Nigeria? Yeah, I
1: thought I thought you were. <laughs>
0: My,
2: it was like back and forth. So my parents left right after I was born, and then we went back, and we were there till I was maybe six or seven. Oh wow! Yeah, a few years. So there are like really strong memories of growing up there as well. Like walking to school in the cold. There are pictures of us at school, and I remember our flat where we lived. Um, I remember sometimes even the playground. Um, but the core memories and that make up who I am are really like. Growing up in Nigeria, obviously, when you're a teenager and a lot older, those are the things you really, really remember.
3: Mm -hmm.
2: Uh, But
0: yeah, so... uh, And what prompted the move to Nigeria for your parents, you
2: remember? So my parents were in school. They were getting various degrees while we were younger and when we were born. Like My mom got her PhD in the UK. My dad did some of his dental degree in the UK. um, And... I, they've always just, I guess, wanted to go back to Nigeria. I don't know. I'm not sure. Um, but I we've been fortunate to have gone everywhere with them. Nice. Um, you yeah. know, even when I count some of the places I've been and the countries I've traveled to, um, amongst, I think I've been to 40 something now, almost 45. And amongst them are some of the places I traveled with as a child and they count too so yeah I worked in Saudi Arabia for a while we visited him while he lived there and worked there so that counts as a place as well because uh, wow. I was a full-blown teenager when we went there so yeah I can definitely have to give some of the credit to my parents for igniting some of the travel
1: fever yeah I, it's so interesting I thought you were an Akata <laughs> for those. Okay, so I thought you were just basically like a person who was born, who was born. And I say Akata. Listen, huh? And I say, yeah. I thought you were like born here. Like your parents were Nigerian. You were born and raised here the whole entire time. That's what I. Um, really? That's what I thought this whole entire time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know
0: that that's an offensive word too, I right? That's I,
1: know, not... I know, I know, I know. I typically don't like people <laughs> saying... I typically listen. Because... It's okay
2: because it doesn't apply to me,
1: but. I know the thing is the thing is like she said that because I actually just recently had that conversation with somebody who was using the term yeah. Agata because yeah. I'm I'm not Nigerian and so I was like don't feel that free saying that around me I mean it's an offensive term and like come on you know what it is blah blah and it's like yeah that's probably the same thing that white people think about like if it's offensive don't use it around mm-hmm. me like and that's that's why she said that but I was just being funny when I said that um, you that's know. Okay.
3: yeah all right cool so go ahead but
1: no i just wanted to i just um shit i didn't want to say that and then i wanted to also um i guess i wanted to ask you like what's your favorite place that you've been to that Mm. you that you like to visit
2: so that's always such a hard one um because i have favorite favorite experiences and it's always so difficult to say what's my favorite place like honestly it's very this might seem very like not that exciting but like it's always great to go back to Lagos so go back to nigeria um and i kind of always say that's my favorite city because you feel like you belong you feel like it's home but there's also a lot of excitement and um every single trip i've done something new and different that's shown me another side of nigeria that i didn't experience as a child um But I've had like lots of great favorite experiences in different places. And some of my travel philosophy, I always say that I have to eat something local, um, do something adventurous and take in something cultural. And So that's kind of why uh, I will say like there've been favorite experiences like in, for the first time I ever ziplined was like in Guatemala. I picked Antigua, Guatemala, and I went there with a friend, and we were there for over a week. Um, and there was this opportunity to go zip lining, and I was like, I've never done it. I was like, why not? I didn't know that you had to hike up this mountain. <laughs> super high up. But I will always remember that place for that experience. Um, Mm. So I've had lots of favorite experiences, but I guess favorite city is still sort of Lagos. Mm. Um, uh, A lot of other places uh, are close as well. hmm. How
0: do you decide where you're going to travel to? Or let me just say, from looking at everything you're doing on Instagram, it seems as if there's an emphasized focus on traveling now so we can talk about how you got into this space but prior to then how were you deciding where to travel was it once a year once every couple of years how did all of that come together for you
2: um but prior to now I would do at least three international trips a year oh wow um, and I would prioritize places I'm going around where can I go within the time frame that I have for vacation time? So most of my travel was like Caribbean or Europe, places that were, weren't too far away uh-huh. so that I could maximize my vacation time and spend as much time as I can there. So I would do like Central America, the Caribbean, and sometimes Europe. Um, and so I would decide around that. When I got a little bit more advanced or a little bit better at planning and organizing trips, I would pick a particular country that's been on my list or a desire, but then I would pull up a map and make sure that while I'm there, I'm able to visit one or two other places. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So Europe is really great for that because you can get to so many different countries easily. Uh-huh. Um, and now I just really, I was able to add a few African countries, West African countries on this West Africa trip Um, And so that's, that was always the mindset behind how I would plan travel, where can I go um, in the time that I have off of work. And all of my vacations, I maximize every federal holiday that there is in the US. So every time is like MLK day, I would have planned travel from Thursday to Tuesday and take vacation days around that. But that gives you like a good five days to go somewhere um, and have a really good time. So that's that's been the mentality around most of the travel
3: mm-hmm. um,
2: uh-huh. And I know finances is probably another question you're going to ask.
0: <laughs> yeah, because especially, so what were you doing prior to now, um, trying to figure out if your independently wealthy parents or somebody was funding this, or how did you make this work right. for the rest and, of us? Yeah. My parents are
2: all like, oh, we love that you're traveling, but... <laughs> like, oh, yo, we're Don't we're ask home. us for it. <laughs> Nobody didn't even gives me miles. So I <laughs> on, That's hilarious no so i have a designated savings account for travel and it's really like money i don't look at and money that i just set aside for travel and it's a percentage out i so i used to work in dc i've worked as a policy professional for many years i just recently my most recent title was director of government relations at a at an agency so i've done health policy for years at at different various places i mean It's government work. It's not the most lucrative job, Uh uh but it definitely pays well. And one of the benefits of it is that you get all of those holidays. Mm -hmm. So um, time is probably a more precious commodity than Uh even money. Mm -hmm. Um, And so whenever I had time off, I used it wisely. And it was really great that I had a job that allowed me to take every single holiday. Uh Um, So but as far as the finances are concerned, um, travel was such a priority for me, and so I was able to be really disciplined about putting money aside out of every paycheck. And if you just take it out of your paycheck before you even get the money, you don't get to see it. So okay. you, you don't, you know, you you can work your monthly budget around whatever is left over, and it doesn't hurt as much. Right. Um, and then when you see it accumulated, you're like, <laughs>
3: mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> we can do this. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well um, you know it's not without sacrifice I can't you know and you know you can ask some of my friends I'm like I'm not doing bottomless mimosa this month you know uh-huh. like, you know because I you know I just don't have it you know uh-huh. I, I would rather save it for bottomless sangria in Spain you know uh-huh. than out here um, or um, just find other ways to have savings um, in terms, if you really want to do a certain thing or prioritize, you have to find ways to make the money work.
3: Yeah.
2: Uh, so I would sacrifice different things like that. Even for a while, I didn't have a car. You don't necessarily need one in DC. So I was grateful that I lived in the city. So I sacrificed having a car for a few years. Um, and it was great to be able to put those car payments towards more travel. You know, it's uh-huh. like do I need a car in DC or do I want to go somewhere do I want to go to Cuba or uh, Madagascar or something and I got to do those and so so those are some of the sacrifices you make but the reward is really great and so I'll just say the two things are have a designated savings for it and be really disciplined about it
1: that's awesome um that those are two very very great advice like I think a lot of people would I think you actually had a post on this too where you said um, it feels good using the savings as opposed to, like, your credit card, you know, and Mm -hmm. then having to figure out how to pay that in the interest back. So, that yeah, you know, I mean, everybody talks about the prioritizing and, you know, putting it aside, and I don't think that I even thought about that in terms of vacation, but um, I think, you know, I know that you stating that, you know, for those of us who are living and want and and see you as our role model for traveling, you know, that's a great idea as to how to do it. Mm -hmm. So yeah um, I
2: think in this time where i 've actually left a job, so another good thing about if you 're working and traveling is that you can all you know like you know the money's coming back you know yeah. you're spending, but the money's coming back, but now it has been so important to understand that you know thankfully i you know made the sacrifices to have a savings that can fuel my desires for travel right now, and it 's not like i 'm accumulating debt that i w- i'm unable to pay for as a result of it so you right. know those the discipline that you have while you're earning is what can carry you and remove some of the stress from traveling and financing travel right yeah
0: so yeah so let's talk as you mentioned that you are not employed anymore um by your own choosing so it's funny because um i got wind of this was it like six months ago we were um having dinner at a friend of ours, um, and um, two other friends of ours were there, Edna and Sade, and they were mm-hmm. like, go literally just <laughs> packed up all her belongings, and I don't know, was it shipped it to your mom's or something, and- Sold
2: everything and shipped my clothes to my mom's garage. Oh, you sold everything? So you sold just, your house? No, just the furniture and all okay. the, the stuff that you can't carry on your back. <laughs> And th- <laughs> so honestly,
0: this was around the time when I was telling them, so it's so interesting that we were having similar experiences because I took a leave of absence from work i've seen since left my job, but I took a leave of absence because I couldn't do corporate America anymore um and really just wanted to explore my own interest and figure out how to make things work without living by the paycheck being a slave to the paycheck um so I was having you know some um heart to heart with them, and they were like, "Oh my God, money just did that." And I just thought, okay, this is amazing. I need to understand exactly the thought process that went into this and what your end goal was in doing that. Like, yeah.
2: How'd you get here? It's like half part, part crazy, part courageous. Right. It's like really, (laughs) um, so let me see. I definitely, it started out of thinking kind of, okay uh, you know, where are you right now? Like, where are you in in professionally? Where are you in life? Um, have you maximized or prioritized everything that you need to in this stage? And, you know, I had to take a hard look at whether I had plateaued career wise, Um. or if there was more to pursue. And, you know, so you do that sort of evaluation, you know, okay, at 30, I got to this Um, title. I got to do X, Y, and Z. Um, Some of the goals I had in the previous decade, you know, I've I've accomplished some of those. And so it's like, what's next now? Um, So that was the first question was like, where are you? And the next question I had for myself is, where do you want to be? And the third was, what do you want to do most now? And when I asked myself, what do I want to do most now? um, It just didn't feel like (laughs) it was more work. I feel like you know I needed to, I wanted to pursue that partly because I'd already done a lot of what I came to DC to do what I set out to. Do. I lived in DC. I came to DC right out of college. So um I had been maybe 16 17 years in policy work. Um and it's been great, ups and downs and all of that stuff. So And was policy always I, something you wanted to do? Was that one
3: yes, of the goals I've that always you checked wanted
0: off? to work okay. in
2: government. Like even in undergrad, my major was liberal arts and political science. Gotcha. I okay. wanted to go to law school, but I wanted to go to law school to work in government. So mm-hmm. I ended up just deciding to just do a public policy masters and you know, all of that. Like wanted to work on Capitol Hill, did that, all mm-hmm. of that. So yeah, I was totally that policy nerd person I still Uh am Uh so and I was grateful like I've done it right so that was that and then I knew that the places the times I'm most happy are when I'm traveling Uh Um, I don't know it's really hard to explain what how where it comes from or why that is but just being somewhere new just experiencing new things, eating new food, meeting new people. It's just, it, it's just like it, it hit, it's a soul connection for me.
1: Mm-hmm. Um,
2: and I said to myself, well, right now I don't have any of the things that people generally uh, consider in terms of what keeps them at home. Like I'm not married or with, and I, I don't have children. And so I'm like, maybe I just need to take this next year and just like, you know, do some YOLO traveling and figure uh-huh. it out, you know. And so, of course, um, so I had that thought over a year ago, and so I started saving even more rigorously um, over that year. Uh-huh. I gave myself a hard deadline, and that is the one thing I would tell people: like, if you're thinking about doing it, you need to save up as much as you can or figure out a way to. Um, work out some security financially Uh at least to carry you for a few months and two give yourself a hard deadline because you will talk yourself out of it if you don't Mm -hmm. and what's the hard deadline for
0: it that is for you to
2: wrap everything up and then travel end of september at the very latest um you're quitting your job you are by the end of September so I was quitting my job by August by the end of September I was packing up my house mm-hmm. um, and then by October I was going on the road mm-hmm. um, wow. that was kind of that was those were the hard deadlines
1: yeah yeah that's, that's awesome I, I just wanted to talk about how you mentioned you know you don't have some of those things that like hold you back from being able to do some things and Bola had mentioned her own journey into this space and so i remember when and she, bola is
0: very married with <laughs> with and very much a mother of three.
1: <laughs> three three kids high school kids yeah and so like i remember when when we were having this little uh, dinner and you know we were discussing and i was like sitting there thinking okay bola's going through a midlife crisis okay um is this better yes. all right so yeah i was thinking that bola was going through oh man um doing a midlife crisis and i was like man i'm, I'm kind of worried for her <laughs> like you know I, I hope like i asked her, i think i hope you're happy and um
0: and i said i had never been happy because <laughs> it's exactly what you said being letting go of whatever is tethering you to something that doesn't bring you joy automatically is going to up your happiness yeah. quotient automatically
2: right. it, it, it does <laughs> show up as like okay it so, does you know, so a lot of people yeah. yes so, it does so, so explain why you're just like i'm okay with being just done with this right now yes you know? yeah
1: but that but that's where i want to go to a little bit and i want to and you know i'm hoping you could help me out with this is just a thought that i had um so bola had mentioned also in the beginning how a lot of people are At least on on Instagram, they seem to be doing a lot of traveling. There's a lot of um, travel bloggers or travel grammars or whatever you want to call them out there, and um, I'm just wondering, you know, obviously you do this and you've done it in a way that seems very thoughtful, methodical, and you're saving. But it seems like that is a trend potentially. And I'm wondering if, you know, this is a, something that is coming and then potentially going. A lot of people are trying to go into the content providing and that sort of thing. And are we all just getting swept up and potentially yeah. a lot of people who aren't doing it methodically are going to find themselves without jobs, without, you know, without a fallback and that sort of thing.
2: That's a good one because, you know, somebody asked me if I travel because I blog and I was like, no, I blog because I travel. Like they're probably, you probably haven't even seen 50% of my trips on my Instagram page. Like, you know, so it's, it has to be something that becomes part of a lifestyle because that's when the sacrifices will make sense Mm -hmm. and how you will be disciplined enough to follow through because you know it often looks great on Instagram and it's like you know how are you getting all these trips and i have tips for how you can travel inexpensively and all of that so now, i'll i'll mention that however you have to like don't get caught up in trying to you know travel so you can instagram yeah. you know cuz you will find yourself <laughs> broke and yeah. back at home you know sad <laughs> um so I will say do it because you love it, because you want to. Um, and then uh share because it's a way to connect with people and it's a way to show people kind of like what that the joy of it all is. Mm. And also for me who does a lot of solo travel, it's also a great way to bring people along with you. Mm. Yeah. That's- but I definitely caution people from thinking that I don't have, you know, a trust fund somewhere where I just get to travel. No, you have to be smart about it. There has to be some planning involved, even if it's, you know, this, you. I, I, we've let go of the things that seem what like a stable life for this wide open space and time to explore and be adventurous and do all of that. But it didn't come out of just waking up one day and I'm like, you know. Yeah, this is great. And I'm not a person that can just backpack through Europe, you know, with one bag on my back, you know, uh, stay at hostels and stuff like that. I'm still a woman out in the world. So you have to have some planning around it. You have to also be sure that you have in things in place that allow you to be safe where you're going and secure. Um, so I will definitely say put some thought into it. But don't let... Having the need or the, or the ability to say, I have this cool DC job and title, keep you on your couch. Yeah. Keep you at home. Yeah. Yeah. And also don't let having a job stop you from going places. Like I said, maximize every holiday. Mm-hmm. Uh,
3: mm-hmm. I know
2: with families it's a little different when you accrue your vacation time, you have to think about what that means for your family. Um, but plan it around you know a time when the kids are on fall break that's around september october or october november that's a really inexpensive travel time and even as a single person that's my favorite travel time it's really inexpensive and you get a week off if you save your time your children have a week off of school you guys can all go together and it's inexpensive around the world so find somewhere you can go and make it happen
1: yeah nice so one thing, um, and then I'll give it back to you <laughs> as a coach. But um, so uh, yes, first and foremost, I want to say that I appreciated what you said about you know why you share, share and bring people along. I mean, a lot of people. I just recently got into um Instagram, and before that, I was like definitely afraid to expose anything about myself. And so I, I you know, I I did it as a means of trying to be a little bit more open and putting myself out there, but. You Know there's that debate about those people who are on Instagram sharing all the time and whether or not it's, um, you know, like just superfluous and extra and that kind of thing. And I'm like, you know, I find it especially if you are, um, you know, talking to your friends. I well, she's like, I'm dominating. That she just gave me a knee under the table, like, don't dominate. You're supposed to talk, but um, I just want to say that oh, okay, I, I. I just want to say that, you know, what you said about it is absolutely true. Like, if you're doing it and you're being real, um, and this is not just my question. I just wanted to make that statement. You're being real and you're sharing, you're bringing your friends along. I I think that's precisely what I get from your Instagram, like, the the messages you put out. And I I definitely get that. Um, But I want to say um, the real question, though, I just wanted to say that. But the real question is... um, You know, you talked about traveling alone and as a woman and, you know, like, I know you've been to India and all that stuff. And I'd I'd like you to talk a little bit more about that for um, our listeners, you know, about what that all entails.
2: I haven't had any incidents, incidences, which is great. I've been really fortunate in that I have been safe everywhere that I've been. Um, And I think it just starts with if you're a traveler, you know, you're not. You're not in it so you can say, oh, I'm at the, you know, Ritz Carlton in London. You know, you're traveling to really experience it. You kind of already have that ability to connect with your environment, the ability to connect with people so that uh, you blend in more than stand out. And that kind of also creates, you know, a sense of security. Now, you also have to be a person that has your street smarts about you. And I think that's just, you know uh that's just core if you're traveling, especially if you're traveling by yourself living in dc has been great because <laughs> you gotta have your street smarts just you yeah. know navigating north Capitol street um mm-hmm. <laughs> you know and not to call out north capital <laughs> it's an example so that's been great um i will say that one of the i don't have to stay i don't i'm never a person who has to stay in an expensive place but i have to guarantee that it's somewhat safe Uh so if it means getting there and feeling unsafe like listen to your instincts and immediately take from you know spend some money to go somewhere else where you will be feel safe or where you're safer another thing that I always do the very first thing I do everywhere I go is I would have pre-planned a tour maybe a walking tour or a tour with a car and I you know I don't I try not to to Skimp on that so that you can immediately know your environment and Uh. you're you're guided around the city, and so you can kind of already get a sense for, okay, where are some places I can come back to and explore on my own, and where are some places I'm just going to see from this tour Uh through the (laughs) car window, and you know it's great. Thank you, and and do that, Um, and I think those two things have really served me well. so I will say you have to be really conscious and, you know, have your street smarts about you. Definitely do a little bit of research around safety and book a tour so that you can, as, you, as soon as you get there, because you can familiarize yourself with where you are and that uh-huh. gives you a sense of, you know, where it's safe and where it isn't. Um, this is just some practical,
0: do you, so a couple of questions, do you check in with people back home? Cause I always think about that, you know, when you travel, especially being a solo traveler, do you, you know, along with bringing your Instagram folks along, um, but just more of your in, core family group or friends, you check in with someone to let them know, here's where I am, here's the name of the hotel, what have you just to make sure if anything happens.
2: Oh, yes, definitely. My mother needs, you know, she needs, she, I, she has a copy of my passport, mm-hmm. my itinerary, and a list of hotels where I'm staying or places where I'm staying. Um, so I definitely do that. I share okay. that with my mom and my sister mostly, so that somebody at every point in time knows where I am. I don't do the whole thing about when you get there, you contact the American embassy and let them know mm-hmm. where you are. I don't necessarily do that, but then I can't really think of, like, I haven't been to any war zones yet. Um, and so I would if, if I'm going somewhere that's considered a war zone, I would probably check in with the embassy. So that's another thing that people can do. Um, but Got yes, it. you definitely have to let someone know where you are. And then wait, one more question. So do, do you choose to solo travel? Or is
0: this just uh, as a result of, um, you know, you wanting to travel and some other folks are not available? So you choose to go regardless?
2: I have come to appreciate solo travel more now. I definitely have always pulled, I've pulled, I have a, so a group of friends that I've traveled a lot with, been to, you know, three or four countries together. It's always nice to have a, a co-traveler or someone with you, like you can split the hotels, you can split uh, cars and all of that stuff. So that's also good. But I've come to really appreciate solo travel. One, I've had to do it more because I have, my time is different now from a lot of my friends or people that I travel with. And so, but I also come to appreciate it for the ability to kind of also just set the, you know, set the time and the travel and the tone of it around what you like and what you enjoy. Mm -hmm. Um, And feeling safer and more comfortable with traveling even farther and farther away now it's become just more enjoyable to go on my own um, and explore and do different things um, Mm -hmm. and just kind of take in whatever experience or cultural experience I'm meant to have there on my own and by myself Um, because definitely when you're traveling with other people you have to accommodate their desires and their likes, you know, one Uh person, each person, you might want to spend the whole day at the museum. Sometimes you can't reconcile both and then you have to acquiesce and do one person's desires. And then you're feeling like, Oh, I came all the way over here and I didn't get to do, you know, Uh (laughs) Uh Uh (laughs) Um, but um, I don't know if I find you know, if I have like, a, if I was married, or I had that person like to travel to, I will definitely do it with another person. But has okay. stopped me from going. Okay. Yeah, by myself. And it,
0: was it a skill set that you had to pick up? Because I've only done solo travel once. Um, it was to the DR. And I probably spent 75% of the time in the hotel. (laughs) I just did not feel comfortable. Every time I went out, I felt like people were looking at me like, oh, poor child, what is going on? And then I also thought about the safety part of it. So um, because I didn't fully enjoy it, I can't see myself. I mean, the idea sounds amazing, especially from an E pray, love perspective, being able to just... (laughs) you know, get up whenever, do yoga, and like you said, not having to compromise what you would prefer to do on the trip. It sounds amazing and interesting, but I don't know that I can work myself up to it. Yeah. So, but is that something that you had to get comfortable with or were you always that type of
2: person? Um, I think it's definitely something I had to grow into. Um, but I don't know that it's not something I haven't been comfortable with. Um, so some of my solo travel started even around work travel. Like I I, mm. you know, I remember I was in Zambia for work one time and uh it was I was there over the weekend before I had another thing to do on Monday and I just left my coworkers. I booked a flight that same day and went to Victoria Falls in like a four seater, you know, one of those little out of mm. Oh wow. <laughs> and, <laughs> you know. In um, Zambia. <laughs> yes. Um, And did, hiked Victoria Falls by myself, um, came back. So um, I think it starts first from just like, what do you like, how much do you want to experience where you are, you know, and I'm really big on don't waste any time. I hate like feeling like uh, I wasted time somewhere like I went I traveled somewhere and all I did was sit at a hotel Mm -hmm. you know if it's raining I want to go I want to go see what I can I want to try to do what I can Mm -hmm. Um, and I think solo travel gives you so much of that so you just kind of have to dig in and try it Mm -hmm. even just a few what last month I was in Ghana and I was had a bunch of friends there we were all there for particular events but one day I just Called. I sent a text and I said, "Okay, guys." I called a taxi and I went to Jamestown, which is this water fishing community, um, one of the slums in Accra, and I just went by myself. Mm-hmm. You know, I got there and I was like, "Oh, I should have thought about this one a little bit because." <laughs> you well, know, they were like, "You can't just walk around here." That was the first thing they said to me. I was like, "Oh."
0: Oh, why is that? You have to book a tour. You have to go with a guide. Because
2: it's dangerous. Yeah. They made okay. you, they made me uh walk around with a guide um and because it's also so there's a lighthouse and there's a museum part or parts that you can kind of visit, but then this is people's community as well um and it would have been a little odd for to just for me to just walk around. I wouldn't have even understood where I was or what what any of it meant, so that was a good thing that they kind of stopped me, but I didn't expect it at all. Mm. Um, that's some of the times where. You, can, you have to make sure that you, I didn't plan it either. See, remember that whole thing about do a little bit of research, you know, because I got there and I immediately didn't feel as safe as I usually did. And I thought about it and I was like, oh, my God, I kind of was impulsive about this. I didn't quite plan it out very well. Um, so I would say if you put a little bit of planning into it, um, but let the adventure spirit just kind of guide you as well. Uh-huh. Um, you'll be surprised how much you can enjoy solo travel. You just like taking stuff on your own at your own pace, um, uh-huh. and things that you like. So yeah, and no
0: drama. So, so, so let's talk then about your trip, <laughs> um, after selling all your belongings as much as possible, uh-huh. giving yourself a deadline to quit your job, which you did, um, move out of your house, I think was what it was. And then, um, you know, book your trip. So. Yeah. Tell us about that. How did you make the decision to go on this trip? And
2: how was it? Um, Okay, so the first, uh, the West Africa trip was my most recent trip. But the first trip I had after I started the sabbatical was Madagascar. Mm. Um, And that was a great kind of opening to this whole period of life because it's probably one of the farthest places I've ever been and the most sort of remote exotic mm-hmm. out there and it's not I can't even say I've ever I, I had a concept of what to expect you know you kind of know the cartoon and uh-huh. the same Madagascar I know. <laughs> and,
3: um,
2: but I didn't really know a lot of people there it's and why did you choose Madagascar no, so I found I got an email that there was a flight deal on Air France. Okay. Um, and it was a certain amount. I was like, Oh, this is not real. I just put in my credit card and it accepted it. Wow. And it kinda coincided already with my planned sabbatical. So I was like, all right, that's great. That's gonna be my first trip. And it's all it's on my top ten list of places to go. So I felt like that was like really divine that it happened that way. Mm-hmm. Um, so I went out there. Um it was it felt as far as it sounds, hmm. um, but super beautiful island, really huge. You know, you even, even all of that, when I started doing research, I didn't realize that I won't be able to go from one side of Madagascar to the other by road or within two days. You literally, it takes like two and a half to three weeks to travel from the Oh, wow. To, yeah, it's the fifth it's that largest, big. it's the fifth largest island in the world. Wow. wow. I'm wow. so not even gonna think about that at all. So I ended up um touring only the southeastern part of Madagascar. Mm-hmm. And I got to go to five cities, so not small. Mm-hmm. So it was a lot. And
0: how long um, was your what the duration of the trip in total?
2: For 10 days. Oh wow. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was really great. Um and also it's not an easy country to navigate. Um, Flights are super expensive and scarce, so you can't fly to as many places. And there are roads, but the roads aren't great. Um, So it was one of those where you travel for hours and hours and hours, but when you get to wherever you're going, you're just blown away by how Mm. beautiful it is, how exotic it is, and how amazing um, it is. So that was uh, definitely a good way to kind of really get into the adventure spirit. And after that, it just felt like, okay, I did that. I can go to other places, you know? And so then I chose India. And since I was going so far, I did the whole thing again, where I looked at the map, um, like I talked about before, and I decided, well, where else am I going to go while I'm that, you know, over in Asia, Southeast Asia, wherever, uh, and find out how many places I can go. So I ended Sri Lanka, the Maldives, and I got to do... uh about four cities in India, four or five cities in India. I was there for wow. about two weeks, a little over two weeks. Two weeks in India? No, a week and a half in India and then the rest of the time, Sri Lanka and Maldives and then back. Wow. Yeah. Maldives. And another way to also see, and so I'm actually like picking up ideas and tips because I had my flight to India stopped in Frankfurt, Germany first. And I had like a good seven, eight hours of layover time and such a great city because the airport is in the middle of the city. You can take a train to the city center. And I got to tour Frankfurt and saw pretty much everything there was to see in maybe four (laughs) hours, five hours. So that's an additional stop. That's an additional. Um, And
0: you can extend some of those layovers as well, right? If you planned it. Yeah. Yeah.
2: And when you're booking, you know, look at what time it gives you. Don't do a nighttime layover. Those are the worst because you have eight, 12 12-hour layovers and then you got to, it's all dark for nine hours out of it and you got to go back to the airport. But if you have a daytime layover, take that flight and you... Wow.
1: Yeah, so I like one of the destinations on my list now is the Maldives, and that was because I saw that you traveled there and it was, it seemed r- gorgeous. So I definitely want to make my way down there too.
3: Hmm.
2: Yes, yeah. I definitely recommend it. Um, definitely look up all the research about the Maldives before you go. Not because it's, it's as beautiful as you think, it's as beautiful as the pictures say. This is not even, not, you don't even have to filter your pictures when you go there. It's mm. not, but it's, it's far away, and I didn't realize this until I planned to go there. The Maldives are made up of about 21 atolls, different islands, and each island pretty much hosts its own resort. Hmm. Capital is not a place you can go and stay. You have to have booked your resort, and you have to book transportation to get to that resort. Hmm. And so when you think the Maldives, you just think, oh, I'll just find a cool resort. But some of those resorts are like two hours away from the capital. Mm. And it's expensive, And it, depending on how long you are staying, if you spend hours getting there and hours getting back to the airport, you've eaten into as much time as you can spend there. Mm. And it's not, in, it's, it's not it's an expensive place to go to, mm.
3: um, Gotcha.
2: but it's completely worth it.
0: And you said that capital is not a place you can stay because it doesn't have much of the infrastructure you're looking for or...
2: There are a lot of, there are hotels, I think they are guest houses where people who have overnight layovers can stay, but mm-hmm. um, pretty much they expect you to have booked transportation to your resort mm-hmm. and you have to get there by water. So it's either by speedboat, uh, a seaplane, mm-hmm. or some other form of water taxi. Gotcha. And how was India? India was really amazing. So I went for Diwali, or I booked my time there around Diwali. Mm-hmm. And what is Diwali? Festival of Lights. Okay. Okay. It's so to- like a, It's like a Lunar New Year for them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a big time. Uh, folks are off of work for over a week. It's like a national time of celebration. Um, and it's a huge... There are a lot of uh, Hindu festivities and rituals that mm-hmm. happen around it. But it's also for anybody. The whole the streets are lined. You know, people have all the marigolds, lanyards, mm. uh, and, you know, they just paint everywhere and uh it was really special to be nice. there at that
1: nice. time so i know i know you were in new delhi did you go to another city
2: oh yeah yeah, yeah. i did delhi jaipur mumbai for a little bit i was overwhelmed that was yeah. one of the Places I've gone to where I was like, All right, you win. I can't handle it. Right. <laughs> a lot of people. I was like, All right, I'm, I am i can't. I'm, yeah, i am yeah. yeah, even
0: more than Lagos. I feel like Lagos is pretty packed yeah. with a lot of people. No, not. You're
1: talking billion <laughs> oh, yeah. people. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: Of course, I did Agra. Um, so if you, the Golden Triangle is Delhi, Agra for the Taj Mahal, mm-hmm. um, Jaipur, which is an old uh, Rajasthan city. And then I went to South Asia as well. Uh, huh. I mean, South India as well. And um, went to, stopped in Mumbai. I went to Goa, which is a beach coastal town in India. Uh-huh. So I did all those five. And India is huge. But one thing about going there, and I highly recommend it for everyone, is that there's so much ancient civilization there. It's uh-huh mind-blowing it's it's they have everything like science and cultural stuff architecture mysticism art um if you enjoy any of that you would love india Hmm. and i had heard that people either really love it or just really hate it Mm -hmm. i kind of fell in the middle i loved it for the history and the culture um i didn't love it for certain other things um Hmm. traffic um it can be really crowded and uh, stuff like that, but yeah, part of the experience.
1: Yeah, I, I traveled there when I was um, young, like 21, and I remember really feeling like it was too hot for me. Like I was annoyed the whole entire time I was there. It was just the <laughs> heat just was oppressive, and I don't know how it was. Long time ago, but it was like the. And I don't the want to smell be disparaging. In the air to the country, but it was just, like, it was an adjustment in terms of...
3: Yeah, yeah.
1: all
2: your senses are at play when you're in India. <laughs> yeah. But, like, Nigeria is like that, too, right? I, you can't find a quiet moment in Nigeria. You know, someone's like, like the horn is going, mm-hmm. from cars, you know, traffic people. Ah! Um, India's kind of like that. Uh, and I... I definitely had tour guides everywhere I went to. And um, I actually booked cars to take me because i really wasn't able i didn't want to waste time doing too much exploring by public transportation because i knew i had limited time so i just booked a car um and that's probably people will consider that too expensive or an ex, but if you have more time you can do public transportation but i wanted to maximize the time that i had but that was also very helpful so that i could see a lot of the things i wanted to see um, because I was able to plan my own transportation since I had booked a car for the whole time I was there.
1: Mm-hmm. And that's how is that how you got from city to city, or?
2: So that's how I got from city okay. to city. Uh, and you had a driver with you, though.
0: You booked yes, a car with a driver. Drive.
2: Yes. Before I went to South a- uh, South India, I flew from um, Jaipur to Goa because it was too far to go there. Gotcha. Gotcha. So then after India, then what happened next? I flew to Sri Lanka. Spent okay. a couple of days in Sh- uh, three days in Sri Lanka. I mm-hmm. really liked it. It's like, mm-hmm. a, it's like what Ghana is to Nigeria. It's, mm. uh, in what way? Explain that. Calmer. Um, it has like a similar culture to India, but people, less people. Mm-hmm. And they're a little bit more, less aggressive, <laughs> or, you know, a little bit more quiet. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's why I, I really enjoyed it because of that. So I felt like, oh, okay, I'm starting to wind down from the high and the energy of India mm-hmm. and taking another country that has its, its own unique culture. Um, but are very similar stuff. So there are a lot of temples. They're more Buddhist than Hindu, I think in Sri Lanka. But they had a lot of temples as well, just like India. They're also very big on uh, spirituality as like a daily practice of life. So mm-hmm. it's kind of like all the bowing and recognizing um, good energy and people and things like that. So I enjoyed it for that, but it was yeah. less hectic than India. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So then the
0: year of the return.
2: Year of the return. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so I don't even know where to start with this. Um, were you planning to align your trip back to West Africa with the year of the return? Was that something you always had in mind? Or did it just happen to be by coincidence?
2: Um, I knew I was going to spend a longer time in West Africa than anywhere else I had been in the uh-huh. past four months. Um, and I knew I wanted to add more different West African countries and not just Nigeria. I knew I was going to be Nigerian. I was going to uh, sort of have that as base, but Ghana was definitely on the list. You know, it's just kind of one of those, how have I been to, I go to Nigeria every year. How have I never been to Ghana? Uh-huh. And then when you start hearing of all the year of the return events, um, and I've seen some of it from last year when another friend got to experience some of the activities. I was like, oh, I definitely want to be part of this, um, but all of that came so late that I didn't really—I hadn't booked my plane travel. I hadn't—I didn't have any flights, but I knew I was going one way or another. Um, and I actually just completed this. I'm gonna. Publish it on my blog today or tomorrow. But I had a very epic road trip from Nigeria to Ghana, so I went by road. Mm. Mm.
0: And how long is that? I mean, that is so bold. (laughs) How long was that (laughs)
2: trip? And it's stupid at the same time. It's like both sides. Um, It was supposed to be nine hours. It ended up being fifteen or sixteen on the way. Wow! Did you have a driver, or were you all driving yourself?
0: (laughs) Uh, no, we booked oh. tickets on a bus. Wow. Okay. Okay. So they actually have public transportation that goes from Lagos or
2: somewhere in Nigeria to Ghana. Yes. Lagos okay. state. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, <laughs> it was very interesting. And are the uh, roads accommodating to that trip? Like? So let me say the positives first and then I'll talk about <laughs> the other parts. The positive part about road travel from Nigeria to Ghana is that you get to take in two other West African countries as well. So mm-hmm. you have to go through Benin Republic and Togo mm-hmm. before you get to Ghana. So of course I'm like, Oh, I get to go through those and yeah. all the passport stamps. I am for sure going by road uh-huh. and it's cheaper, obviously. Um, Ghana to Nigeria flights are not very expensive, but around that year of the return and that whole month it was insane. You know, you were talking about flights that are usually around $100 and 120 dollars round trip and they were like eight hundred dollars, nine hundred dollars. Oh, wow.
3: So yeah. Okay. It was
2: definitely uh, wasn't an option. And I knew I was going to Ghana whether or not you know, if I had to walk there, I was gonna go.
3: Wow. So
2: we booked these <laughs> we booked a bus through a company that we thought we had researched, had great reviews online. I don't know if those were all fake reviews because the experience was really crazy. The mm. bus company itself had issues. The roads are not bad once you're out of Nigeria, sad to say. Um, mm. It's very disappointing as a Nigerian. But the minute you cross the border into Benin Republic and then from there into Togo, Togo to Ghana, the roads are great. Mm. And coming back, the minute you cross into Nigeria, you know you're in Nigeria. Wow. Wow. Um, so, those are the negatives. Um, I definitely will. I actually will recommend it. I, even though I had a horrible experience, um, on the way there, I just wrote about it. I would say on the way back was definitely, it was different because we had a new company that was well organized, um, really professional, and that was great. And so at each border town, you get to mingle with people who are either engaged in commerce or selling food or just kind of around the border towns. And it's a great way to kind of get a feel for each of those different countries. And each one was really different as well. Hmm. And you travel through the country. So you travel through the capital of Benin Republic and some other border towns and the same for Togo, you go through Lome and Lome is all across. It's all along the coast. Mm. So you're really driving along the coast of West Africa, like palm trees and ocean and sands. Oh, that's beautiful. Yeah. And, you know, you're
1: feeling... Sounds like a place to visit.
2: Yes. I definitely would go back there and spend time there. Um, Mm -hmm. But also are just like, wow, West Africa. Mm -hmm. You know, and it's it's parts of it that you don't even get to see. And if you fly, you miss all of that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I recommend it. Mm. So then, once
0: you got to Ghana, what were all the activities around?
1: Shenanigans.
2: <laughs> the return. So, first of all, I have to give it up for Ghana. That was my first time in Ghana. Of mm-hmm. course, coming from Nigeria and being Nigerian, you're already like, oh, here we go. Mm-hmm. Ghana's airport is amazing. I did go to the airport. Um, I had to go to pick someone up. So I got to see the airport, even though we traveled by road. Um, mm-hmm. The roads are really good. Uh, And apparently when everyone is in in their city in Accra for year of the return, they have no traffic as well. Mm. I have to say the architecture was also really nice in Ghana. Um, The energy is not as high as Nigeria, but they did a good job. And so they had uh, two major events or there was a year of the return events, which were like with the president and a bunch of all that stuff. Some of the celebrities that come from America. Then there was a concert series called Afro Nation, which was uh-huh. three days of concerts. And then there was a, a, a festival that was called Afrochella, which is uh-huh. like an outdoor festival uh, where they had vendors and food and some music as well. And that was one day, a one-day event. But the best part was just seeing a lot of... Uh, African Americans, like, and you know, actually, British Africans. I, there were so many. Oh, really? Yes, there were so many yeah. there. there so I many. Ne- I didn't even think about that, but that makes sense.
0: Um, because I guess that would, the same um, anniversary would apply to them as well, and it's also closer mm-hmm. to them, so that makes sense. Yeah. And
2: so seeing just people come back, and uh, I guess. Experience um a sense just kind of experience Africa and feel a sense of belonging. that was really mm-hmm. great, but I had also done a tour of Badagri in Nigeria, and Badagri is the coastal town where a lot of the the slave trade actually more slaves left out of Badagri in all of West Africa than anywhere else in mm-hmm. in uh, West Africa. so I had already done a tour there, visited there um and so. That was already, you know, very um, enlightening, even for me. Um, and so, having that, and then getting to connect with all the activities that were happening in Ghana, just really felt like a very special time. Um, it was really great to see people just out, you know, feeling like they belong here, uh-huh. walking around, partying, um, celebrating, just being with each other um it was a great thing Hmm. they did a good job kudos to ghana
3: oh that's amazing
2: how long were you there total in
1: ghana
0: in ghana for one week okay okay and then afterwards you went back to nigeria okay okay and then came back here
1: oh gotcha
0: wow so Um, it's been quite the four months (laughs) right
1: yeah um so I, i well the only uh other question that I have for you, because we're running up uh, on an hour, is um, I know again, you know, you're a very intelligent person. I've read a lot of the things that you put in inspirational things. I know there was a, a point when you know you were um, putting in the lessons learned for either the year or the decade. I'm not sure exactly what it was, um, and so I actually even uh, made it <laughs> my my thing was to go bold. But anyways, um, I was just plugging myself <laughs> that I made your, your um you know your lessons for the decade. But anyways, I I my question I guess for you is, you know, um what is some advice or um some things you want to leave our listeners with? What have you learned um and what do you want to share with the world that's, you know, deep and impactful?
2: Um I would just tell everybody that just go on the travel. Um, and this might sound really like frou frou or in the clouds, but the truth is that the universe will always catch you. Oh. And I say that all the time. Um, you're going somewhere new, but you'll meet people that will take care of you, that will look out for you, that will make your experience great. Um, things will happen and they will work out still, you know. You just have to stay open stay flexible and just keep believing that the universe will catch you. Um, mm-hmm. And I think people should get off, leave their towns. I'm not saying quit your job and <laughs> pack up your whole life, but pick one place, mm-hmm. something completely new and go there and let it teach you something about yourself. Mm-hmm. That's definitely the two things I would say
0: so what's next for you what what are the projects you're working on and um how much longer are you going to be in the us before you pick up again and go
2: well i'm going to be here for all of february cuz my sister's having a baby Aww. And I'm Here until the baby comes i don't want to miss that by going on the road but i don't know i i kind of somebody asked where do you want to go this year and i said senegal and gambia and uh-huh. then texted me and said i want to go to senegal this year this spring so Mm -hmm. i have a feeling that that's going to be the next travel i'm kind of really enjoying west africa travel Mm. Um, one thing one general thing with me is like i don't like repeating cities or um i can repeat countries i don't like repeating cities Mm -hmm. Um, and so i have a lot of people always go i want to travel with you but i want to go to montego bay jamaica and i'm (laughs) mm-hmm done that (laughs) yeah so i'm hoping to go to new places Mm -hmm. um for the first time in the last three and a half four months i don't have like planned travel yet Mm -hmm. but it'll come it'll happen nice yeah
3: nice
0: so how do you see this next phase of your life or journey unfolding Or, or are you just not making any planning going with the flow
2: it's kind of, uh, yes, There's no. there are no real set plans. And I think that was part of it, right? Part of it was to just um, let go of control and just kind of open up your life to whatever is meant to happen. Um, mm-hmm. Whatever the next, whatever you're supposed to gain in this time. So I can't really tell you that I have any plans.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: I do know that at some po- point, I'm going to have to rejoin the workforce because, you know, the money is not, you know, bottomless and also you can't just even on a professional level I can't just you know be out of the workforce forever in a day uh-huh. but in the time that I have my plans are to just try to go to as many places as I can um, find ways inexpensive ways to get there and experience as much as possible and then when it's time to go back to work go back to work but I will still resume my regular travel schedule which was three three places a year uh-huh. so yeah.
1: I don't think we we mentioned your um, Instagram, I guess pages um, name. So do you want to tell people what those are?
2: Yep. So my travel Instagram is Miles and Braids. Miles M I L E S A N D Braids, and uh-huh. i was like, acquiring miles, and I always wear my hair in braids. So. Hit me up on Instagram, join. It's also the same name for my blog and site. I'm trying to be way better at putting stuff up on the blog.
3: Mm-hmm. But
2: the Instagram page definitely has more current uh, stuff and content. And I try to make sure that I keep bringing folks along. And my personal Instagram is moni, M-O-N-I underscore talks, Money talks.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Oh, I like it. You know, I never thought about that. Until you said it now, yeah, it's
2: smart. <laughs> so, that as well. I try to do more lifestyle stuff on there. Um, kind of talk about what inspires me, mm-hmm. um, style things. So both of those are um, kind of my social media expressions. Yeah, so, really join and catch me on there. So
0: very good. So I have three wrap-up questions, which um, I recently started asking guests, meaning. You're the second guest that I'm going to ask mm-hmm. this to. <laughs> so the first one is because the, the um, I guess the reason behind um, or the premise behind Some Days Today is exactly what you talked about. You know, the universe will catch you, you know, open yourself up to adventure and just live your life. When, once again, like it's a vacation, um, which is what our model is as well. And I think you are an amazing example of that. Um, I know for me, though, um, I'm not I'm definitely not where you are. I'm hoping to get there and maybe take a huge step closer to that this year with some of the travel plans that I have. Um, But for those who are not there or who sort of held themselves back, um, a lot of the reason um, for that holdback is fear you know, because you don't know, will the universe catch you? Will I run out of money? What will happen? You know, etc. So what fear are you sort of pushing through,
2: if any, at the moment? Yeah, definitely. Um, One of the fears that I have is that hopefully, I'm not taking using the sabbatical to be complacent about mm. other goals. Because I mean, travel is great. And it's, it's a goal, but those are not my my only goals. Um, mm-hmm. And I will say one fear that I've been able to overcome from having taken this this leap and this step is to kind of trust the unknown. You know, you don't have to have it all worked out. You don't have to have it all, you know set you know it doesn't matter to not have a job title to tell people you know you mm-hmm. just kind of have to just believe in yourself and have confidence in yourself and let go of the attachment to the results and enjoy the process mm-hmm. that's good so how are you pushing through that you, you mentioned
0: not wanting to be complacent so how are you addressing that now
2: also reminding myself to um, to listen to what I'm saying, which is that if the universe is going to catch me, um, that it's not, I'm not being complacent. I'm listening to what the universe is trying to teach me at this point in time. Mm -hmm. Um, So, uh, when I am, when I do go back into the professional world or the workforce that, you know, I have had experience with that. So it's not going to be, it's not complacency, you know, fall back and, Think back on the times where you've worked hard, the skills that you've acquired, and understand that, you know, the universe will catch you, so Mm. it's okay, you know, Um, so I'm trying to, I'm trying to remind myself that, you know, it's not complacency, it's just really also listening to what um, I'm supposed to gain in this time, so. Very good.
0: And then the last question is, um, you know, 2019 seemed like you did that one big, Mm -hmm. a big year for you, so what is or are your wildest greatest goals or dreams for this year
2: 2020 wildest greatest goals yeah something
0: that you're even too nervous to (laughs) even admit to yourself i want to say secure the bag but it's not like everybody Mm -hmm. Um, i mean it depends how much you're talking about securing the bag could be a goal
2: I mean it's gonna sound wild but i kind of like i guess it's the thing they they call wanting it all but i kind of want it all i want to i want great travel i want to earn good money i want to feel valued and i want partnership and Uh family um, my own partnership romantic partnership and family Um, and i kind of feel like this year is going to be the year for all of it to just happen and you don't call it wanting it all. Sure, I want it all. You know, so yeah, that's it. I want to travel. I want to earn. I want to be in love and want family. All of that good stuff. So,
0: that's amazing. And I'm sure the universe will catch you and be there for you um, in accomplishing that. So, very good. Well, you know, Moni, I knew this was going to be amazing, and <laughs> it's definitely been beyond. Thank you so much for
2: your time. Yeah, and,
3: and yeah, I'm
2: loving watching your travel, and I'm loving watching you guys just live it up and enjoy life. I love seeing you at the Caribbean parties and traveling. <laughs> <with> you <laughs> with couples, or you're traveling with your family. I love that. I just, I really want people to just do the things that make you happy. Right. And there are things that may limit it, but find ways to work around it. You know? uh-huh, you make uh-huh. that the excuse to not do it so true so true
1: yeah we appreciate your time um thank you for that and you know um i'm sure like bola said all the good things that you want are coming this year
0: yeah amen to that amen to that
2: meet somewhere on the road
0: i know you know we actually have so part of what i'm hoping to do and mac thinks this is crazy but one of my wildest dreams for 2020 is to take all of us myself mac and my three children on a two to three month tour of africa so north africa east go south and then end up in nigeria at some point and then head out so, so that's what um, we're hoping on. And you mentioned, um, I think Senegal and Gambia. Um, so those two are on the list. Um, so yeah, we may see each other there, depending on if the timing is right.
2: Yeah, yeah. Well, let's stay in touch, and I definitely wish you lots of travel mercies and travel joys. And I look forward to seeing all your all your adventures
0: thank you awesome. yeah we look forward to staying tuned to your amazing content and adventures and words of inspiration so just keep staying fabulous and um you know shining like you are so very good all right well best of luck to your sister and um thanks for joining us this afternoon so mech do you want to take us out
1: um <laughs> This is uh... a mo-
0: there's nothing more appropriate now than this motto of ours so
1: So thank you for joining us at Some Days Today where we remind you to live your life like it's a fucking vacation.